A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. In the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year of the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur from Gibeon, said to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will restore to this place all the vessels of the temple of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah answered the prophet Ananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people assembled in the house of the Lord and said, Amen. Thus may the Lord do. May he fulfill the things you have prophesied, bring the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles back from Babylon to this place. But now listen to what I am about to state in your hearing and the hearing of all the people from of old, the prophets who were before you and me prophesied war, woe, and pestilence against many lands and mighty kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace is recognized as truly sent by the Lord, only when his prophetic prediction is fulfilled. Thereupon the prophet Hananiah took the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah and broke it and said in the presence of all the people, Thus says the Lord, Even so within two years I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from off the neck of all the nations. At that the prophet Jeremiah went away. Sometime after the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go and tell Hananiah this. Thus says the Lord, by breaking a wooden yoke, you forge an iron yoke. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, a yoke of iron I will place on the necks of all these nations serving Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, even the beasts of the field I give him. To the prophet Hananiah, the prophet Jeremiah said, Hear this, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you, and you have raised false confidence in this people. For this, says the Lord, I will dispatch you from the face of the earth. This very year you shall die because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. The same year, in the seventh month, Ananiah the prophet died. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 119. Lord, teach me your statutes. Lord, teach me your statutes. Move from me the way of falsehood and favor me with your law. Lord, teach me your statutes. Take not the word of truth from my mouth, for in your ordinances is my hope. Lord, teach me your statutes. Let those who turn to me, let those turn to me who fear you and acknowledge your decrees. Lord, teach me your statutes. Let my heart be perfect in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. Lord, teach me your statutes. Sinners wait to destroy me, but I pay heed to your decrees. 
poor, teach me your statutes. From your ordinances I turn not away, for you have instructed me. Lord, teach me your statutes. Lord, in my heart and upon my lips, my word, proclaim your holy gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and proceed him to the other side of the sea. While he dismissed the crowds, after doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, said, Truly, you are the Son of God. After making the crossing, they came to a place at Gennett. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought to him all those who were sick and begged him that they might touch only the tassel of his cloak, and as many touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I know I've been focusing on the psalm in the last several um, daily masses, and I was going to do that today because Psalm 119 is a magnificent psalm. It's actually the longest chapter in the Bible and is a masterpiece of uh, literary style. But I'm sure we'll, it'll come up again and we'll get a chance to take a look at Psalm 119. I want to take a look at this first reading, the Old Testament reading, because if you are following it closely, and I'm that, confident that you were, it's very confusing. You have two prophets, Hananiah and Jeremiah. Now, one of the things that happened prior, prior to this reading that we kind of got a glimpse of, but weren't certain of, is that Jeremiah, in one of these dramatic prophecies, and we've talked about the prophets would would act out their prophecies, had put a yoke, an, a wooden yoke around his neck, saying that Babylon would put a wooden yoke around the neck of Israel and would take them captive. Well, Hananiah, he's a prophet, and so he goes to the temple and in the presence of the priests and the other prophets and all the people, and Jeremiah says, Thus says the Lord, within two years I will destroy Nebuchadnezzar, and I will break the I will break Nebuchadnezzar's yoke from over Judah, 
I'll return all the gold and silver vessels that he took from the temple. And then he takes a hammer or something and breaks the wooden yoke around Jeremiah's neck to, again, dramatically show that God is going to, going to break Nebuchadnezzar. Now, what had happened when we talk about the Babylonian exile, we usually refer to it just like that, the Babylonian exile that Nebuchadnezzar came to, came to Jerusalem, destroyed Jerusalem, and took all of Judah captive into Babylon. Actually, didn't happen quite that simply. We talk about it that way because it's easier. But there are actually four different instances, four different times that Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem. And on that first occasion, the king, gave, the king of, of Jerusalem gave him out of the temple treasury, the gold and silver implements of worship, consecrated to worship. He gave them to, the, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, as tribute and promised to pay an annual tribute from that point on. And that annual tribute went on for years, but there were always two different sides on this. There were those who said, this is wrong, we shouldn't be giving the, these religious articles to th this pagan king. We should rise up and stamp him out and God will help us do it. And there are those who were more practical and said, no, we, we need to do this or he will destroy us. And then, of course, you've got two different sides of prophets. Actually, Hananiah represents the majority of the prophets. The vast majority of the prophets were saying, God will support us. God will, God will deliver us. God will not allow his temple to be destroyed. This is God's home. This is God's resting place. God will help us. We should cast off the yoke of Babylon. And Jeremiah stood pretty much alone as he called to the people of Jerusalem, listen to what God says. Listen to what God says. God says, be very careful here. We are not, we cannot overthrow Babylon. We have sinned. We are not underneath God's protection. We have gone our own way and we have made our own choices, our own decisions. We have separated ourselves from our, our, our brethren, our northern brethren in Israel, living in a civil war for hundreds of years. We have made our own beds and now we must lie in them. And that's where we come into this reading today, where Hananiah is saying, God's going to destroy Babylon. In two years, God will put, put an end to Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, and the yoke will be broken. Jeremiah, listening to the voice of a prophet, and he says, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. Amen. I, I'll amen that. Yes, I think that's a wonderful plan. I hope you're right. I hope you are speaking the word of God. But Jeremiah did not get into an argument with him. He went and prayed, sought God. And when God's voice came to him, he realized Hananiah was wrong. So he goes back to Hananiah and he says, this is what the Lord really says. You broke an a yoke of wood that was around my neck, but that will become a yoke of iron around the necks of the people of Judah. Again, repeating the prophecy, Jerusalem will be destroyed. 
during this time period, there's still times that Jeremiah encouraged people to, to flee Jerusalem, to go to Egypt, to wait out this destruction that was coming, but they refused because they were convinced God was on their side. We must all learn in life. God is not on our side. Hopefully, we're on God's side. So we must learn to know what God wants and follow and walk that path. But this is a problem. It's a problem of discernment. And I wanted to focus on this reading today because it very much applies to what we go through in this life, what we're going through right now. There are many voices. There are many voices trying to grab your attention, trying to manipulate you to do what they want. And these voices can be very convincing. They can be very loud. They can be everywhere, especially now in, in, the, in, in the mass media that's all around us. There's so many ways that pe that those who seek to manipulate and control us come after us to try to win us to their side. We're in an election year, and that actually just makes it much, much worse. And I know priests on both sides of, of this political spectrum, and you'll hear priests say, oh, if you vote Democratic, you've committed a, a mortal sin because it's a mortal sin to assist in abortion, and the Democrats are in favor of abortion. And I know others, other priests will say, don't vote Republican. Can't everybody see that, that Trump is an, is an idiot? Don't vote Republican. He's just a misogynist buffoon. Do you hear these voices? Do you hear these words? How do you know the truth? And by the way, for my promise, I'm not taking either side. I'm not political. But I am in favor of your souls being able to discern truth in the midst of so much manipulation. To realize that both of those voices are just seeking to manipulate you to their side. If you watch news media, if you watch CNN, they have an agenda to try to sway you to their side. If you watch Fox, they've got a different agenda trying to sway you to their side. How do you discern truth? Discerning truth is not something that comes easy. Discerning truth takes time and it takes prayer. In order to discern the truth, you have to silence all the voices both sides of the voices, silence them all. Find your own quiet place in the stillness where God will meet you and learn to listen to his still small voice. I actually wrote a book on the subject called Learning to Listen to God. And it's a very difficult book. Very few people like it. Most people can't get to the end of it because it's not easy. It's not an easy process. You have to learn to be able to still those small voices. One of the things I go into my book is a lot of probably too much on breathing exercises to try to focus, be able to get all those voices out of your head so that you can focus on God. And I talk about Teresa of Avila and, and, 
and their methods of contemplation. I talk about John of the Cross and this, and the methods of Lexio Divina, where you look at the scriptures to discover God's voice in the scriptures. Saint Ignatius loved Loyola and his use of imaginative prayer to allow God to speak into our imaginations and guidance. All these things that we use to employ as modalities of prayer, all for the single purpose of being able to get our focus off of all the voices around us and onto God to discern his still small voice in our lives. But to get there, there are, we must make a, be able to discern the difference between what I want, between what I feel and what I know deep within my spirit, what I know where, where God is dwelling within me. Most of us are driven by our desires and our feelings. And a lot of times we just misuse our desires and our feelings. We say, oh, I prayed about this and this is what I feel like I should do. All we've done is just justify what we wanted in the first place, using prayer as an excuse. To know God's voice in our lives, we have to be able to silence all of that, silence all the voices, silence our personal desires, silence all the things that we want, silence even the things that we think we should do. Listen to God. Listen to God alone. So in times like this where Jeremiah is trying to teach people that what God really wants when in fact all the other preachers, all the other prophets are saying something entirely different and it sounds a lot better than what Jeremiah is saying. In times like now where we have to make choices, we're a democracy, we have to make choices. How do we make those choices? By knowing what God wants. By learning to listen to his still small voice to be able to discern truth in the midst of all the facts. Because the facts are not the truth. Facts, you know, every news media says they're presenting facts, but they're choosing which facts to present to you so that you don't get the full picture. Set even that aside to come to know what God desires. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes prayer. It takes giving up some sleep in the morning to get up early to seek God in the early morning. It takes giving up some television at night to be able to seek God in the evening and pray. This is not an easy homily, is it? This is a tough word. But if we don't learn to discern truth, then we're going to be at the mercy of the lie. Let us go to God now in prayer.